Hello, I'm Nigel Moffat, and welcome to the Transport Talk podcast. In this episode, I speak with the Vico Trucks Australia and New Zealand Managing Director, Michael May. Michael talks about the impact of COVID-19, plus how the future outlook is going for Vico in Australia and New Zealand. The brand has released a number of new truck models in recent months, such as the Euro 6 rated X-ray range, so we get to hear what customers can expect. On top of this, we chat about Avico's plans for natural gas and hydrogen solutions. Apologies for the delay in getting this podcast out. Uh, this was recorded last year, and Michael talks to us from Melbourne when the city was still under lockdown. So I'm joined by Avico Trucks in Australia, New Zealand Managing Director, Michael May. Welcome, Michael, and thanks for talking to us. Yeah, thanks very much, Nigel. Appreciate the opportunity. Now, uh, you're, you're speaking to us from Melbourne, are you? Yeah, I, I'm actually in a Melbourne at the head office of, of Iveco here in Dandenong. And although I'm sitting here, we're predominantly working remotely and working from home. But in, in Melbourne, as you may know, we have a production facility and Australia still deems commercial vehicle manufacturing as an essential service. So I make sure I come into the office to connect with the manufacturing team and staff sort of like once a week, but the majority of our team who can work from home must work from home in Victoria at the moment. So it's, it's been a pretty long uh, lockdown period for you over there in Melbourne. So is it causing, putting a lot of stress on your, your team and staff members, or the public in general, do you find? For sure. I think it definitely has. And in Victoria, it's been a little bit harder hit and probably a little bit more like New Zealand when it, when it was early, if I understood it correctly, talking to the team over there. It was quite a severe lockdown and Melbourne's probably followed in a similar step pattern, but the time that we've been locked down, you know, probably since March, it's been it's been a different levels of lockdown, and in the last hundred or so days, quite extreme. A lot of the businesses have been restricted. People have been restricted to within a sort of five-kilometer radius, and only have a couple of reasons that they can leave home. So, it's taken an impact on on the state, I would say, definitely economically, and on the morale of the people and of our team, definitely. You know, like you, you can't discount the personal connection that you get and for sure we've learned to use some of these new systems and softwares and connection opportunities but it's just not quite the same so we're we're surviving let me say but we're also quite keen to see the state open up a little bit yeah in uh, Auckland went into a a regional lockdown there was a few hiccups with that freight movement and um, and all of that. How has Melbourne coped with this essential services and freight movement? Have, has it been coordinated well by the government or have there been any, any hiccups in that regard? Yeah, look, I think on the whole, freight has continued to move and I think there's been some challenges, but it's probably highlighted some of the opportunities and potentially risks between the different states and the federal logic here in Australia. But on the whole, you do notice that freight is moving around. It's probably shifted a little bit because people have been locked in their homes, you know, quite a long time. They've needed to adapt to different ways of, you know, purchasing goods. And as have companies, particularly the hospitality businesses here in Melbourne, have been really hard hit. So a lot of those companies have really adapted what they do and how they can offer a service to continue. They've been offered stimulus and, and packages from, from the federal government to keep people employed, which is which is positive. 
but freight has probably shifted and changed a little bit. And, you know, a lot of people are buying things from to their door, which is not new, but probably not uh, seen in the volumes that we're seeing here in Victoria now. So it's really made a bit of a shift. And I think the rest of the freight's probably, in some of the areas that Oveco is interested in anyway, that are increasing in waste in particular. So domestic waste has kind of gone up quite dramatically. And that's that's been interesting for those companies that we deal very closely with here, being a leader in the waste space, to see how that they're they're meeting those demands. But then when you talk about commercial waste, that, that's probably seen a drop because a lot of the commercial industries are being are being closed, you know, or sh- shut down, or at least reduced to different ways of operating. So freight has has moved probably much more so than standard passenger transport. Very very quiet on the roads. Definitely starting to open up as as we start to open up. Okay. And did uh, COVID-19 have much of an impact on Vico's local supply chain? It had a it had an impact. A lot of our supply actually comes out of Europe as well, Nigel. So so there's definitely impact locally and freight has been strained and lead times have been stretched. So we've noticed impact on freight predominantly from you know, the products that get supplied out of Spain or Italy in particular that we use for our local production. But we've managed to to work our way through that. We decided to keep the production facility open and just at a reduced day rate. So we turned it down to three day a week. And we also needed to meet our, you know, our internal guidelines of keeping our people safe, as well as the local government guidelines. And, and obviously Italy and Spain being in the early days in the epicentre of this problem as far as Europe's concerned, we're able to give us really good guidelines on that. And locally, I think uh, the supply has been has been maintained. And what impact have you has it had on on your business and, and your customers? Have you noticed has it had any trends in terms of uh, commercial vehicle purchasing? Yeah, it's definitely it definitely had an impact. I mean, I think the biggest impact for us probably came at the start because there was a lot of uncertainty with people, with businesses, with commerce, and I, I suppose that sort of was starting to permeate around the world in quarter one, quarter two, and that's probably where we saw the biggest impact. And it was just about confidence predominantly. And I think what we started to notice in both Australia and New Zealand, in particular, where even during the hardest period of lockdown our industry was considered essential for essential transport. We were able to continue to service people. And if anything, I think it probably gave a bit of distinction in the early stages against, say, the passenger car side, the passenger car businesses where people really were stepping back quite dramatically and and, all, and that lack of confidence probably affected that segment more so than ours. And the rebound has been quite positive from, from Aveco's perspective. So... We deal with it and it constrained our ability to, to deliver both in, in New Zealand uh, and in parts of Australia. And that's the thing to remember too. Australia is a pretty big country. So, you know, Queensland, WA, South Australia, even New South Wales, they've been really operating as normal for many months now. And with some of the stimulus packages that are about, we performed really well. Actually, we had quarter three this year was better than it was last year from, from a vehicle's perspective. So we're really positive about that. The markets on the whole are down, as you know, in New Zealand and in Australia, but we see those uh, slowly recovering and shifting somewhat. You know, it's different for the different segments. So our daily product in the light range is uh, seeing a spike as people buy more and more door-to-door and possibly other manufacturers struggle to get product to our shores as well. Okay, so you've seen a big demand in, um, in courier deliveries and, and uh, last-minute deliveries and that, that's 
been good for your range, such as the uh, the daily van range? Yeah, absolutely. It's yep. definitely been good. It's been a, an interesting time because we're in a we're in a transition as we bring ourselves to an all new model, which will come out next next year. So we'll be talking more about that next uh, the first quarter of next year for people. And we've you know just been really uh, focused here at Alveco on managing our stock, uh, really making sure we've got the right stock for ourselves, our dealers, and ultimately the customers. And that's probably been a bit of a spike. So you know, the balance of supply and demand, and it's not limited to Australia and New Zealand, our region. We're noticing that definitely in Europe as well. So the demand is high and our lead time to get product, that product's sourced out of Europe. Um, it, the demand is a worldwide demand. A lot of our businesses, particularly in New Zealand, is, is focused on motorhome for this product. You know, we've got a class-leading motorhome cap chassis product in the daily, and we really noticed that segment just kind of, came to a grinding halt, to be honest, where people were really unsure about tourism, both in New Zealand and in Australia. But it's just been like a block. And what we're noticing now is there's a lot of there's a lot of income or revenue in the market for people that would normally be travelling overseas to Europe or, or or America or Australia or New Zealand or back and forth is is restricted. And the motorhome business is bouncing back. So we've seen in the last month some of the highest order intake we've ever seen for that product. Hey, that, that's good. So have there been a few developments that uh, might have surprised you, actually, in terms of what the market's done and how it's reacted? Yeah, look, not. I mean, I think the motorhome topic wasn't foreseen. Uh, definitely a bit of a surprise for us and, you know, it's a really important part of our business in the region for, for both countries to grow. And so that's been that's been really pleasant, super good. We've got a growing opportunity with a van, the daily van product. And if anything, it's probably because I think in general, people are looking for more of these smaller to door type last mile solutions. It's given us opportunity to really showcase the van and the daily van products uh, done well out of this as well. And the medium size side of the business has, has probably also seen a bit of an increase. The heavy truck side has been relatively steady. I mean, it's definitely stepped down in both markets. Australia in particular, the heavy duty segment's been the hardest hit pretty bumpy years in the last few years. So what's important to Aveco is that we continue to hold our market share, which we're doing. We're actually growing in that space, which is positive. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's good. Aveco has a pretty diverse range of uh, commercial vehicles, ranging from uh, the, the heavy ones to the, the light commercials. So you, you've got a good um, range of selection to uh, meet the market with. Well, I think that's one of the really strong points of Aveco is, is our diverse range you know we can really cover the segment as a segment constantinas from one to another you know we're, we're very much lucky that we've got that that coverage i think the opportunity for abaco still lies in us exploiting those that breadth of, of product you know we really have opportunities to, to strengthen in some of the off-road applications as well so we have a very strong we call it a special vehicle or off-road range which is does particularly well in New Zealand, in particular with the farming and fertiliser spread, the, the kind of uh, applications that are that are very strong in NZ with our tracker product is really good. But we also have further opportunities in, in our Astra product at the really heavy end, as well as the 4x4 daily product. So that those kind of off-road vehicles really tend to get people's emotions going, which is which is really exciting for, for Aveco. And we're lucky 
and we want to continue to grow our offering in the Euro cargo range, which has been performing really well, as well as the on-highway product. So, yeah, it's, it's a great lineup. And the Astro range is uh, specifically for mining, is it? Mostly the mining industry? Yeah. Yeah, predominantly it's uh, focused on on mining and, and pretty much off-highway application. Really for, for our business to, to grow and, and focus on it that we're looking at. Since I've come in here, we've probably just put a bit more focus onto the different business lines that we have. And as you say, you know, with such a breadth of product, it's really important that we put the focus into those different lines and really see where we can offer products. And it's not necessarily always about offering more and more and more, but really working out where Rebecca can be a leader in those spaces and refining what we offer with input from customers, testing and trying it with our dealer partners and, and then, um, you know, putting it in the market and really being able to class lead. And uh, you, you've released a new Euro 6 uh, range with the X-Wave. Was that recently launched in both New Zealand and Australia? Yeah, recently launched, we, we moved from a Euro 5 platform. Probably the biggest change uh, here locally for Australia production-wise anyway for our region, Australia and New Zealand, was around that Euro 6. It's not mandated, as, as you'd know, in New Zealand, and it's the same story here in Australia, but we're definitely seeing customers who want to take you know, a positive step forward on emissions and get the benefits that come with that around efficiency, as well as noise pollution, particularly in some of the waste and council applications where you're you're working in your home. So that was a big uh, change for our business and we're we're still transitioning through it at the moment, which is is really good for us, Nigel, but it's it's going well. And it it really brings uh, what's important to us when we talk about safety and we talk about emissions and efficiency. This is a way for us to make a statement and lead with the products that we're offering. We've been trialling product in New Zealand, particularly on the Euro 6 factory built echo dual controls, which has been going quite well. A lot of the waste companies over there have been able to take that. And I think uh, it's the feedback has been very, very, very good, which is good. And a similar story here in Australia, actually, it's been a really positive year for waste and in particular on Euro 6 as the customers come to recognise the benefits of that new product and a lot of the safety features that come with that. And so that the Echo range has been trialled in, in New Zealand at the moment? Yeah, it's, it's undergoing some trialling at the moment, which is, which, which is really good. And I think we've started to receive some of the first the first orders, a lot of the customer base there from what uh, my team uh, tell me. And again, I hadn't had the opportunity yet. I've been obviously to New Zealand a lot. I love it. I love getting to NZ. I do a bit of fly fishing with my son over there, but I haven't come to meet the customers and the team having started in February and been locked yeah. down in March. But they're getting great pot productivity from the from from the product and they're looking at you know ownership and safety at, at a different level. So it's it's going really well. And we think it's, you know, it's going to cement itself as it has here in Australia as a leader. And we really look forward to that being a, a strong contender in New Zealand too. Are you able to tell us when we might um, see that uh, launched officially in the New Zealand market? Yeah, we will. Uh, I mean, I think it's fair to say that this uh, COVID situation's made it hard for everyone to really make the connection with customers uh, and find the right time and place to really give customers and our platforms the right uh, launch. So I don't have a firm date for you, but I, we're definitely looking at it and continuing to monitor it. You know, here in Australia, we've got the 
Brisbane Truck Show as well, which you know you, you mentioned before, you you would always come to. We're, we're just working at the moment on a much shorter time frame with a lot of our planning to make sure that we're flexible. We want to make sure ultimately, you know, that we're reacting first to customers, and that's about you know when they're essential services or they uh, they're providing service and and they're you know running our product that we're really just being as flexible, accessible. And adaptable as we can to to customers, and not you know spending too much time to be to be uh, thinking about future launches and whatnot. But we'll yeah. let you know once we have more information on that. We've been additionally trialing our X-way range, you know, so the Echo is definitely on the ground and running in Euro Six in in NZ. And what's really important to me and the team here too is that we get runs on the on the board with customers and not just for the sake of miles, but to actually get the input that we need. We really want to set a tone that is more inclusive from a customer perspective, because I think when we talk about refining what we offer, we can actually listen to our customers, trial vehicles, take the feedback. So we're really using those opportunities with both the X-Way Euro 6 trial and the ACO Euro 6 to, to get the feedback and then build it into the way we can specify the product and get it right, right off the bat. Yeah. Customers these days must be putting a lot of demands on companies such as Iveco for uh, things such as safety and, and, and carbon emissions. Are they the big demands that you're seeing as, as well as cost savings? Oh, definitely safety is more and more coming to the fore, you know, and I think as chain of responsibility and the competition within the market, it lends itself very, very well to a European product because these standards are very high, as you know, in Europe around safety and a lot of the technology that we have in there, especially around the emergency braking, you know, the adaptive cruise control, it's all on the cutting edge with Aveco and uh, it's new for a lot of people. So we need to really make sure we take the time, uh, not only just uh, trialling and testing it, but training drivers on this technology and showing them the advantage. It can really save lives on the safety front. And as you mentioned, definitely emissions. And when we talk about it, our missions are important, but but it's very important that we have performance in the way you know of a total cost of ownership for our customers, so that they can actually see that value getting back. The European products getting more and more reliable, and that's what we're really proud of out of Echo. So I think the reliability's gone up a notch, and we're finding that you know with extended service intervals, total cost for for our customers continues to improve. We're looking at how we can continue to bundle that, though, to keep them in the network, keep them in the genuine parts that make sure that the product works the right way a long time. And finding drivers is a challenge, Nigel, as you know. So so comfort is probably another pillar that we're putting a lot of focus on in our product. You know, we're, uh, we're really making sure that if, if someone's making a decision about our product, they know they're getting the safest technology from Aveco from Europe, which is which is is exciting and does does save money and small incidents as well, which can really help with total cost of ownership. But we want to ensure that the that our attractiveness is there for drivers when they when they get into our vehicle and more importantly when they get out of the vehicle, they feel great. And was, it's interesting to read Aveco's uh, paving the way in natural gas solutions, which seems like a a unique take, take in the trucking market. Can you tell me a bit more about that? And uh, does that have much uh, application in Australia and New Zealand? Yeah, it's it's a really important pillar, and it's called natural power. It's uh, it's classified as natural power in Aveco in Europe, and it's it's a we're a leader in this space, particularly in 
a CNG, compressed natural gas, and, and liquefied LNG, natural gas. And it's been a core part of ECHO's business for a long time. Probably not as big here in Australia. There are definitely large uh, CNG fleets in Australia and even less in New Zealand. This is my understanding, Nigel, that it's, it comes down to a question of infrastructure and return. So really, this is one of the core pillars around stepping towards you know zero emissions, which is really important to to Iveco. And you know you would have seen that we're connected with and have invested with uh, Nikola towards battery electric and fuel cell electric vehicles. And it made perfect sense for that coming together in that we have the pretty much the biggest population of natural powered vehicles in Europe. So this is the first step, particularly as you get towards, you know, the biofuels in that space towards really cutting emissions and getting, you know, towards these uh, future positions on getting emissions out of our vehicles altogether. And so with uh, pure electric vehicles and hydrogen vehicles, is there anything coming on the horizon with that anytime soon? This is definitely a developmental stage and it's definitely moving on, which is exciting. So there's uh, projects quite actively now in, in Europe. We're working on a new project in Ulm. We've just actually, uh, the head engineer here from, from Australia has moved uh, into that facility to work specifically on the tray, which is a combination of our SY product from Europe with the, with the Nikola on the battery. So there's a lot of there's a lot of information out and about on that, which you can probably read into, which is exciting for us. How does it translate here to our region, to New Zealand, to Australia? Uh, it definitely will. And what, what one of the key factors around that is that we keep connected, you know, with this cutting edge. We, we're really looking to disrupt. You know, we've got new leadership under Garrett Marks and Thomas Hill, so in um, Italy which is really good. And they're really driving towards this future, which is, as we see it, you know, fuel cell electric vehicles. What we need in our region, though, is we need some of these infrastructure investments to start to happen, but we also need the governments to get on board. You know, if you look into Europe in particular, the reason that we're getting stronger and stronger in our natural power is because the government's putting money behind it because they recognise that there's an advantage for the environment and that at these times when there are Need, that when there is a need for fiscal type stimulus or investment, this is the space we should be taking those opportunities as governments to do it. In Australia and in New Zealand, from what I can tell, we probably haven't lent into those opportunities. So we really see that if that can happen, we'll give ourselves the best, you know, the best opportunity to leverage the product range and the development that our company's putting in moving forward. And you do need to find the right applications initially. You know, we're really leading the way here. And you need to find a, a way that we can get either emission standards to really somehow uh, reward or incentivise operators to enable us to actually exercise into this space. And then the other key thing that, that, that I note from just watching what's happening in Europe and even the US to a, to a degree is the application. So you need to think about how you can get the infrastructure in place, particularly around hydrogen or compressed natural gas, you know, if that's that's an option for us. How do you get this infrastructure to become viable and what kind of operations can you run? You know, and it's often have to be a back-to-base logic. So it tends to work well in compressed natural gas anyway in Australia where they've made those investments where you can come back to base. So it might be in a bus application or a waste application where you're not, you know, driving 
from east to west for hundreds and hundreds of kilometres. So we're focused here on that now at Oveco for, for the region and we want to continue to be a part of that innovation and we will be. We've got a really unique opportunity to be part of the validation as we see it. So we're really um, pushing forward, making sure that we're in the right space with the government to see that we can get interest in this place, connecting with the suppliers of, of these gases and hydrogen as well to see how you actually make this all fit together. So, yeah, it's a really pivotal time, I would suggest, for our industry, and it's pretty exciting that Aveco is on the cutting edge. Yeah, very interesting. And so you joined the Aveco team quite, quite recently. You mentioned it was in January you uh, joined, started in your role with Aveco. Is that right? Yeah, I, I did. I did. I, um, I've been 20 years in, in the industry, and um, I was approached from some guys in Italy about an opportunity here at Aveco. Aveco in Australia anyway is, is a bit of an icon in that it's been a local manufacturer. You know, there's a lot of people that have worked within the, the, the group and the team. It's got a long heritage both here and in New Zealand. We're, we're proud to have our team on the ground in New Zealand and I'm really passionate about that. As we do here on the ground, we have other own retail stores here in, in, in Australia, in Queensland. And I felt that we really had a lot of potential still as a company. As you said before, we've got a massive breadth of opportunity. We've got a lot of local skills. We've got a willingness to, to move forward. The, the company's going through a change, which they call Transform to Win internally, where we will spin off from our major partner being C&H, Case New Holland, which is mainly focused on agricultural business. So they needed leadership here that wasn't linking back into C&H and then into a a region, but actually heading up the whole company and bringing in all the functions being after sales, sales, you know, manufacturing, engineering, and reporting directly in now to, to Garrett and Thomas, which is a real advantage for our business and a real opportunity for us in the region to, to grow. So I made the call to, uh, to join the team and I started in, in February. Well, well, thanks for talking to us, Michael, and, and all the best with the plans ahead for Avico, and I, I look forward to hearing all the, all the news. No worries. Thanks, Nigel, for your time today. I appreciate it. Cheers. Thank you. You're listening to the Transport Talk podcast, where we chat about commercial vehicles, freight, logistics, and heavy equipment from New Zealand and beyond. For more information and all the latest news, visit our website, transporttalk.co.nz.